Welcome to the Prophecy Club. We are going to change subjects today. We're going to listen to Michael Snyder. He made two DVDs with Prophecy Club here a while back, and they are excellent. Now, who's Michael Snyder? Well, he worked as an attorney on the famous K Street in Washington, D.C. He's been writing articles and books for over five years. He's written over 2,000 articles about the coming economic collapse and the end of the American dream. Now, I know you may be thinking, wait, 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 wait. thought Trump had fixed all that. Well, we want to believe that, but I think you're going to find what he has to say very interesting. His articles have been published and discussed on some of America's largest radio and television programs. He's written two books, The Beginning of the End and Get Prepared Now. The two DVDs we're offering today is Prepare for the Economic Collapse in World War II. Topics are the next generation, the credit crunch, civil unrest, Russian preparations for World War III, 20 signs Russia is preparing to fight and win a nuclear war. And the second DVD is the regathering of the 10 lost tribes of Israel. Every single son of Abraham and almost all Christians in mass will soon move to Israel. Israel will emerge World War III, the great victory, and get back all of our land. Massive amounts of oil will be discovered. All of this in the regathering of the ten lost tribes of Israel, which, if you get prepared for the economic collapse, a gift of $30, we're going to throw in the regathering of the ten lost tribes DVD free. Order, prepare for the economic collapse, and you get regathering of the ten lost tribes free. That's at Prophecy Club, but you can watch them immediately at watchprophecyclub.com. Order the DVD at prophecyclub.com. Watch them immediately at WatchProphecyClub.com. Now let's go on over and listen to Michael Snyder in Prepare for the Economic Collapse. It's such a pleasure to be with you tonight. I was at a little Bible study last night. I got to meet many of you personally. And when I look out at this crowd tonight, I don't just see a crowd or an audience. What I see is family. And as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ... We've got to learn how to stick together. We've got to know who our friends are. Because I don't know if you've noticed, but right now, the church, believers in Jesus Christ, we're being attacked in a thousand different directions. You see it in the news headlines every single day. And we've got to learn how to love one another and stick close to one another, or else the the enemy is going to have a field day. So, if you don't know who I am, Stan just introduced me, but let me say a little bit more. My name is Michael Snyder. And uh, I'm just an ordinary guy that lives in the mountains of Idaho, but I've got an extraordinary God. And I want to share with you a little bit before I get started into the material about what he's done in my life. I grew up in the 1980s. How many people remember the 1980s? All right. I grew up in the 1980s. It was the greed is good generation. And I bought into that. I thought if I could just have enough stuff, If I could just have enough things, then I would be happy. But what I found is at the end of the road, it's just despair. It's just depression. There was just emptiness. When I was still in high school, I would tell my family, I said, I'm going to grow up. I'm going to be successful. I'm going to make a lot of money. I'm going to build a huge house. And then I'm going to build a huge fence to keep you out of it. And I thought the the key to happiness in life, if I could get all the toys, if I could get the fancy cars, if I could get people to respect me, if I could get the beautiful women, 
then I would, then I'd be really something. So I bought into the lies of the world. And so I chased those things. I chased them hard. I did some terrible things. I did some horrible things. And then I thought, well, how am I going to get money? How am I going to be successful? And so the answer to that was, well, the world tells me I need an education. So I went and got an education. I went to the University of Virginia and I graduated from there, from the McIntyre School of Commerce, one of the top undergraduate business schools in the entire nation. Later on, I went on from there, and uh, ultimately I went to the University of Florida Law School, where I got a law degree and I got an LLM. And most of you probably don't even know what an LLM is. Basically, I'll break it down into plain English for you. It means another useless degree. Incredibly overeducated, I went back to my old stomping grounds, up in the Washington, D.C. area, and I started working right in the heart of Washington, D.C. I worked down on K Street. You'll hear that street mentioned in television shows and movies. Is where the, all the lawyers are, all the lobbyists are. I was right kind of in the belly of the beast. Sometimes on my lunch hour, I would go and I would walk over, and over to the White House, walk past the White House on my lunch hour. And a lot of people would say, well, well that's, that's great. That's what people want. That people want to be successful. They want to have a good job. But I ended up walking away from that. As I was working, at, you know, God, in those days, God was really working on my heart. He was stirring something inside of me. And I'm going to share a lot of that with you tonight and tomorrow morning. He was stirring something in me. And I became very distressed about the corruption I was seeing around, all around me. The direction this country was heading. And I thought, what in the world can I do? I'm just an average guy that gets up in the morning, puts on his pants, gets dressed, goes on the metro and goes to work. Well, eventually I started writing. I started, you know, I'd heard about this blogging thing. I'd never heard about it, but I started writing. And at first, barely anyone took notice. The audience was very, very small. But over time, it started to build. And people started to take notice of what I was doing. Well, we get to late 2009. And, uh, you know, the audience had started to build larger. And my wife and I, we were feeling, feeling called to go in another direction. And so we talked about it, and I walked away from being an attorney. I walked away from my career. And my wife was behind me 100%. But we got on the phone, and we called our parents. And we said, hey, Mom and Dad, I'm not going to be an attorney anymore. We're going to move all the way across the country to the Seattle area, and we're going to uh, write articles for the Internet, for, and that's how we're going to survive. You know, what do they think, what do you think they thought about that? Yeah, they thought we are kind of out of our minds. But you know, when God is in it, there is no limit. How many know that? Amen. Amen. All right, so we went out there. We, we moved to the Carnation area and we were blessed. God started to move. I started the Economic Collapse blog actually shortly before we moved in late 2009. And it really struck a chord because people were looking for answers. Millions of people have been losing their jobs. Millions of people have been losing their homes. And they were saying, what's the answer? And we know we're not getting the truth from the mainstream media. We know, we know we're not getting the truth from the politicians. They were hungry for information. They were hungry for answers. And so they, they, they searched out websites like mine. And so the audience grew and kept growing and kept growing. And today, the Economic Collapse blog, it gets more than a million page impressions each month. More than a million page impressions. And I can't take any credit for that. All the glory has to go to God. Another door that he opened, in addition to that, is all of a sudden, other websites wanted to pick up my article. Some of the biggest 
names in the alternative news industry, much bigger websites than my own. Many of you know them. Many of you have seen my articles there. They started picking them up. So today my articles are not just on my websites, but literally they're on dozens and dozens of other websites, some far more larger than mine, all over the world. And that's not something that I sought out. That's not something I pursued, but that's a door that God opened. That was the blessing of the Lord. So he's given me this platform each month to reach huge numbers of people on my own website, but also massive numbers of people all over the world. And I've been able to spread this message of warning, and it's only because of God. It's not because of me. And so we're going to talk about some of these things tonight. We're going to talk about, this talk is entitled, Economic Collapse, World War III, and the Death of America. Or if I was to give this talk a short title, I would call it The Warning. Because what I'm going to do, I'm going to start by talking about the economic collapse, and I'm going to show why I believe we're right on the verge of so many of the things that I've been writing about since the end of 2009, so many of the things that the Prophecy Club has been talking about for 20 years. I believe we're right at the door. So we're going to talk about these things. We're going to talk about World War III, preparations that the Russians are making, prophecies that were given at the Prophecy Club over 20 years ago, about uh, Russians, the United States, World War III, and what's to come. And then I, I am going to endeavor, I'm going to try to provide the most comprehensive roadmap that I've ever come across of what's going to happen between the coming economic collapse, financial crash, all those things, all the way up to World War III. And I'm going to talk about some things I've never publicly spoken about before. I'm going to um, uh, uh, talk about things I've never written about before. I've written over 2,000 articles published all over the world. I'm going to include a whole lot of information I've never addressed before, but I believe now is the time. All right. The foolish things, 1 Corinthians 1.27, but God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. I don't know if you've uh, figured it out yet, but I don't look much like a Christian celebrity. And I don't sound much like a Christian celebrity. And the things I'm going to say tonight, it's not the kind of message you're going to hear from a Christian celebrity. But you know what? The era of the Christian celebrity is ending. In this next great move of God that's coming, things are going to work totally different. For decades, what have we done? We've uh, put these guys up, men and women, up on a pedestal. Uh, We've sent them our money. We say, you do all the ministering. We'll just send you our money. And they've built these mega churches. They've sold millions of books. They're on TV all over the place. They fly their private jets all over the country. And wherever they go, they've got these bodyguards. I don't know if you've seen it. You've been to some of these conferences. You can't get close to them. You can't ever talk to them because they're surrounded by bodyguards. They're surrounded by their handlers. Well, I don't know if you noticed, but I came by myself tonight. <laughs> I do have a wife. She's home in Idaho. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm just an ordinary guy with an extraordinary God. And in this next great move of God that's coming, you know who's going to be doing the ministering? Ordinary people like you and like me. That's who's going to be doing the ministering. And you know who we're going to put up on a pedestal? We're going to put up Jesus Christ is going to be on the pedestal. Amen. All right, so what am I? Well, what I like to describe myself is as a watchman. So what is a watchman? Let's take a look at Ezekiel chapter 33. Son of man, speak to the children of thy people and say unto them, 
When I bring the sword upon a land, if the people of the land take a man of their coast and set him for their watchman, if when he seeth the sword come upon the land, he blow the trumpet and warn the people, then whosoever heareth the sound of the trumpet and taketh not warning, if the sword come and take him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet and took not warning, his blood shall be upon him. But he that taketh warning shall deliver his soul. But if the watchman see the sword come, and blow not the trumpet, and the people be not warned. If the sword come and take any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at the watchman's hand. So I'm just a watchman on the wall, screaming as loud as I can about what's coming to America, trying to warn as many people as I can. And God has provided a platform for me to be able to touch the lives of hundreds of thousands, actually millions of people through all the websites I'm on every month. And I pray that I'm doing the very best with the platform that God has given me. But, uh, but I'm not alone. There's watchmen all over this uh, country who are doing the same thing. Many of you are doing the exact same thing. And together, we're trying to warn the people. And if they don't heed the warning, well, then our hands are clean. All right. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken. We're moving into a time. We've, we've, in the past years, it seems like things have been relatively stable, hasn't it? We've kind of had this bubble of false prosperity, false stability, which people are saying, well, you know, maybe everything's going to be all right. Maybe everything's going to be okay. But I believe, and I'm going to show you why, we're about to come to a major acceleration point, a major turning point. And of all the people that Stan Johnson could have brought in at this absolutely critical time for the Prophecy Club, I believe this is the most important moment and time in the history of the Prophecy Club. I also believe that is the most important turning point in the history of the United States. And they brought in this ordinary guy from the mountains of Idaho. But I believe that God's given me a message. And so we're going to talk about that. Now, we're going to talk about some very hard things tonight. It's a very hard message to deliver. And it's going to be a very hard message to hear. But something I want to urge everyone, do not fear. Yeah, I'm involved in this stuff. I'm immersed in this information every day. But my wife and I, we do not live in fear. In fact, we uh, endeavor to live in a constant state of shalom, of peace in our home. Because God has not given us a spirit of fear. And so, and, and, but God gives us warnings. If you look from the book of Genesis all the way to the book of Revelation, there are warnings. There was a warning in the Garden of Eden. You go to the last chapters of the book of Revelation, there's more warnings. Why does God give us warnings? Well, uh, first of all, God gives us warnings because he wants us to know he has everything under control. There's nothing that comes along there where God is like, whoa, that one took me by surprise. I didn't know that was coming. God knows everything that's uh, coming, and he's had everything planned out from the very beginning. Isaiah chapter 46, uh, verses 9 and 10. Remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is none else. I am God, and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient times the things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand, and I'll do all my pleasure. So that's one of the ways we can tell our God is God and not Allah, not some other God, one of the way he self-authenticates himself is that he tells us history in advance. He's always done it, and he always will do it. He's known history in advance, and he's always had a plan, and he's got a plan for us. In fact, God not only has a plan for the nations, but he's got a plan for you and your family. Now, tonight I'm going to deliver some bad news. 
But I don't want you to despair because God has a plan. And tomorrow morning I'm going to talk about what the Bible says is coming for his people and a plan you may not have heard about because it's not talked about in churches. It's not talked about by Christian denominations. But God has a plan for the the, the times that are coming for his people, even in the midst of all the chaos and darkness that's coming. God has a plan which is going to shock the world. And I'm going to share something with you, which if you've not heard it before, it's going to blow you away. But, But we'll get to that tomorrow morning. For tonight, I want you to know God wants us to be prepared mentally, physically, financially, emotionally, and especially spiritually. Um... Uh, if people, you know, I, I, I am in contact with a lot of preppers. Do you all know what preppers are? People who are preparing for the difficult times that are coming. But a lot of them, they don't believe, a lot of them don't believe in God. A lot of them don't have Jesus Christ. And if you don't have God, if you don't have Jesus Christ, I have no idea how you're going to make it through what's coming. The only way you're going to make it through the years ahead is if you have the Lord Jesus Christ. But I do encourage people to prepare. And so I've gotten a question from a lot of people. Is it anti-faith to prepare? Is that a Christian thing? Should we just sit back and do nothing and totally rely on God? Well, and I actually had someone, a Christian, write me an email. He said, I agree with everything you're saying about the economic collapse. I agree with everything that you're saying about what's coming. But I think you're totally wrong. I think that we shouldn't be doing anything about it. We should just sit back and when it's time, God will take care of everything. Well, what I submitted to him, I said, you know what? If you look in the scriptures, faith almost always involves action. For example, consider the case of Noah. Did Noah just sit back and wait for God to do everything for him? No, he received the warning and he exercised his faith by taking action. He believed the warning and proceeded to construct an ark roughly the size of a World War II aircraft carrier. In Hebrews eleven seven, Noah is commended for his radical faith, which produced radical action. Hebrews eleven seven by faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. Then we've got the example of Joseph. Joseph, he received the warning dreams and he was put in a position to to, uh, warn Pharaoh about them. So what did he say? He said, okay, just sit back. We're going to wait and and God's going to do everything for us. No, Joseph put into action the greatest emergency food storage project the world has ever seen. The next seven years, while the years were good, they stored up food, mountains and mountains of food and supplies So when the seven lean years came, there was provision. By doing so, he saved the life of not only the nation of Egypt, but his family, the nation of Israel, the bloodline of Messiah. So, but but still I get these criticisms. But what I don't understand is why these Christians who say, oh, you're not supposed to do anything, just wait back, sit back and let God do it all. Well, why do they go to work? You know, these people, they say, well, let God do it all. Why don't they just sit on their couch all day chow down potato chips and God will fill up their bank accounts? Or why do they fill up their vehicles with gasoline? Just trust God to put the gasoline in there and go down the highway. God gives us warnings. And yeah, sometimes we're supposed to wait on God. And I've had to wait on God for things in my life. 
But when God instructs us to do something, when he gives us a warning, when, when we know what we're supposed to do, it's about taking action. Faith almost always involves taking action. And so that's what I encourage people to do. And that's why I'm warning people about what's coming so they can take action. But unfortunately, uh, in this next slide, most people end up believing exactly what they want to believe. This is uh, something I've been saying for years. And if you think about it, let that rattle around in your mind for a little bit. You'll say, you know, that guy's right. Most people uh, at the end of the day, now there are people who honestly seek after the truth. I meet them all the time. A lot of you here are here because you're truth seekers. You want the truth. You want to know uh, what God is doing and you want to know what, what really matters. You want to get to the bottom of things. But in our society today, most people, they're great at deceiving themselves. They end up believing and convincing themselves of whatever they want to believe. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of people leave their thinking to the television. I call it the propaganda matrix. This media um, empire, this media matrix that's all around us. Uh, according to Nielsen, Americans spend an astounding amount of time plugged in. We spend so much time plugged into this matrix, getting information pumped into our minds. For example, Americans spend four hours and 51 minutes a day watching live television. They spend another 33 minutes a day watching time-shifted television. That's like on TiVo so, and so on. Two hours and 43 minutes a day listening to the radio. Another one hour and 25 minutes a day using a smartphone. And then another hour and six minutes using internet on a computer. When you add it all up, it's more than 10 hours a day that the average American spends plugged in to this propaganda matrix. They're being fed constantly news, information, entertainment, which is transforming their belief systems, how they view the world, what they think about what's important, what they think about what is true, what really matters in life. If you don't think that it's influencing you, you're wrong. There's no way that you can put that much garbage into your minds on a consistent basis and it's not going to fundamentally affect your worldview. They, and they don't call it programming for no reason. In the end, if you, if you trace it all back, all the news networks, the movie studios, the radio networks, those who own the television, the publishing houses, the DVDs, the video games, all of it at the very top is owned by six mammoth corporate conglomerates, which in turn are owned by the elite of the world. So these, these six corporate giants, they control approximately 90% of all that stuff I just talked about. All the news, the information, the entertainment, so they have an immense amount of power and control over what we think, over what we feel when we go to work. We talk at the water cooler with each other. The conversations we have, what are they about? The television show we saw last night, the sporting event, the movie that we saw, something we saw on the news, the conversations we have with our family, the agenda is set by these six corporate giants. And if you think they're in it for your best interest, you're sadly mistaken. They're in it to make money and they're in it for the agenda of their corporate controllers, their elite controllers who control them. So here they are, some of them. Time Warner owns CNN, Home Box Office, Time Inc., Turner Broadcasting, and Warner Brothers. Walt Disney 
owns ABC Television, Disney Publishing, ESPN, Disney Channel, The History Channel, A&E, Viacom, Paramount Pictures, uh, BET, Comedy Central, MTV, Nickelodeon, News Corp, Fox News, uh, Dow Jones and Company, The New York Post, TV Guide, etc. CBS Corporation, CBS News, CBS Sports, Showtime, and it goes on and on and on. Comcast owns NBC, Bravo, CNBC, NBC News, MSNBC. So it's important to know where you're getting your news and information. If something is told to you on the news, that doesn't necessarily mean it's true. You need to know who's telling you. You you know, is it okay as Christians to be skeptical? You know, uh, uh, discern. You've got to, as an attorney, I was trained to be skeptical. I want to see the evidence. I want to see, okay, don't just tell me something is true. I want to know why it's true. And so you need to know who's telling you something. You need to do your own research, and you need to come to your own conclusions. You need to th- it's absolutely imperative in this day and age to, come to think for yourselves. Don't let, just let someone else do your thinking for you. And so uh, who am I? Just don't take what I'm saying as the gospel truth. Check out what I'm saying. Investigate it for yourself. Come to your own conclusions. So who am I? What, and where do I stand? Well, number one, I stand with Jesus Christ. I am a Christian. Uh, I, uh, I've been a believer for a very long time. I'm born again. And uh, I'm here to tell you that humanity is in deep rebellion against God. We've shaken our fist at God as a society. We've said, we will not follow your ways. We will not do what you have said. We'll do things our way. In fact, that's going on in a whole lot of churches across this land. And we said, we will not obey. And that we're in sin. And we turned our back on God. And there's consequences as a result. We're going to talk about that tonight. And most of you here who are know this, but a lot of people who may be watching, they don't know that the, the solution to this is the cross of Jesus Christ. Without Jesus Christ, there is no hope and there is no future for anyone. And so I told you about what I went through in my life. I told you about how I chased the things of the world. But God picked up the broken pieces of my life. He turned them into a beautiful thing. And he can do that for you. And if you've come here tonight and you feel overwhelmed with shame, if you feel like God could never love you, that no one could ever love you, that you couldn't, that there's no way you could ever turn your life around, that there's no hope, well, I'm here to tell you that there is hope. And that hope, there's one source for that hope, it's Jesus Christ. And that there's nobody that's out of his reach, no matter what you've done, no matter where you came from. God loves you. God, God sent his only son to die on the cross for you. That if you invite him into your life, that he will forgive your sins, that he will give you eternal life, and that you will live with him forever. Okay, where, uh, the scriptures are very clear. John chapter 3, verse 36. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. 1 John chapter 5, verses 11 to 13. And this is the record, that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Now watch this here. The Bible is exceedingly clear. It isn't complicated. This is very simple. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. So it's really simple. If you have the Lord Jesus Christ living inside of you, your sins are forgiven. 
Your sins have been washed away by the blood of the Lamb, and you are going to live forever. If you do not have Jesus Christ living inside of you, or if you're not sure... Well, I'm going to interrupt right there. Again, we encourage you to get both of these DVDs, Prepare for the Economic Collapse in World War III and The Regathering of the Ten Lost Tribes of Israel, both a value of $60. Today, you can get them for a gift of just $30. Order the DVD at prophecyclub.com. Watch it instantly at watchprophecyclub.com. Order the DVD at prophecyclub.com or watch it instantly at watch prophecyclub.com or order it by phone at 785-266-1112 thank you for listening thank you for your prayers and remember it is summertime a really challenging time God has blessed you and you can help us now would be a really good time to do so God bless now from the Prophecy Club some exciting opportunities for you The Extreme Summer Blowout is now in effect. You can get 50 DVDs for $250, that's $5 each, 25 for $160, that's $640 each, 15 for $120, that's $8 each, 10 for $100, obviously $10 each, 6 for $70, 4 for $50, and 2 for $30. You can go to prophecyclub.com, there's a list of all the DVDs there, or you can call us and ask for the summer catalog, or download the catalog at prophecyclub.com. Flip through it, then decide which DVDs you want. That's 785-266-1112, and it expires soon. Call 785-266-1112 today. Some restrictions apply.